welcome back to the Divorce Solutions Podcast, everyone. I'm Jamie West from DivorceCom.ca, along with Tracy Miller, who's a veteran family law practitioner. Um, you, you always feel kind of old when I say that to you. Oh, my you, God. But... I was just thinking that. You need a, you need a different <laughs> intro that doesn't make me sound old. I'm working on it. I got a team of people that are trying to come up with some new copy. So we'll, we'll see what we can do in the How about experienced? How about experienced instead of veteran and old? Right. How's that? All right. You send me a whole list of descriptive <laughs> yeah. words that I can use in this intro, and, I'll, and I'll, I will do that. I promise. Uh, Tracy, we, uh, we had a great guest on uh, a couple of weeks weeks ago, Annette Kachaluba, who's a parenting coordinator and director of child-centered divorce services by at a, an organization called By Peaceful Waters Incorporated, and she was talking about the role of parenting coordinators in separation and divorce, and um, we kind of ran out of time. We wanted to talk about the theme of, of managing client expectations, so we thought, well, let's, let's get her back here. Annette Kachaluba, welcome back to the program. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, it's great to have you here. Uh, the the theme, Tracy, of managing expectations when it comes to clients, whether you're the lawyer, whether you're the communications guy like Jamie West, or whether you're the parenting coordinator like Annette, is a big theme, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think whoever is involved with the families, whoever's on their team, in term, whether it's lawyers, mental health professionals, I think you have an obligation to make people be realistic about how long the process is going to take, how much it's going to cost them, I mean, and what to expect, because people come in with some unrealistic expectations, whether that's, you know, they want it done real quick, or they've got everybody and their family telling them how they think it should resolve. I mean, there's so many ways where that's critical, because if you don't, um, people get unrealistic, which means they get polarized, and then it makes it, I think, really difficult to try and get something resolved. But Annette, what's your take on it? Well, I think it's a, a really important role for families because uh, some of the issues that parents have to navigate aren't legal issues. Um, and yet uh, we have to account for the fact that these problems didn't uh, weren't created in a day. And so they're not going to be resolved in a day. Uh, it's often a process, a process of teaching people, a process of unpacking where they've been stuck and helping them see a different way forward. How do you address the whole thing? Because people are nervous. They're full of fear. They're worried about expense of everything. How do you get around the whole thing about um, the, the idea that people say, well, if it's a process and it's going to take too long? Because like you said, everybody wants it over immediately or yesterday. And then they say things like, lawyers just want to string things out. Parenting coordinators, process, this is how you make money. You make money <laughs> by by extending the process. How do you address that? Because that is... If people aren't bringing that directly to you, they're thinking it a lot of the time, aren't they? I think so. Uh, add to it, pointing the finger, it's not me, it's the other parent that's creating the problem. Mm, yeah. uh, and that's Good difficult. Point. It can happen where you're you're caught into challenge, in challenges that have been going on for years and no one knows the way out. Uh, sometimes in my role, I say to people, I have a Mac. I don't have a magic wand. Uh, it's... <laughs> it's it's not something that we can fix in a day, but hopefully it's an ongoing support. And I ask them to front load their process, meaning can we meet together a number of times just to see if we can get things moving in a different direction. And then maybe we schedule meetings once every three months. And if we don't need it, we just cancel. And if we do, we've, we've got a place marker so that conflict doesn't escalate. And like most things, if you start dealing with it uh, and you get it going in the right direction, you build momentum and people can shift uh, some of 
the patterns that have been destructive and they feel like they're not going to get um, stuck because things aren't going to escalate anymore. You have those checks and balances in place. Annette, I want to see if you um, if you agree with something. I think in some cases, some time needs to pass for people. I think I think you see a lot of cases where one person has been thinking about separating for a long time. They've made the decision in their mind. That's what they want to do. But then their spouse is a little ways back. Right. And I think that people need to be cognizant of that. Like it, 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 timing is a lot of it in this in this work about when you can get something done and when you can't. Do you think? Absolutely. Uh, And we have to account for that. Uh, Sometimes I'll say to people, you've had the privilege, you hold the privilege spot, you're in a spot where you can see a go forward. Uh, But the person that you're working with the other parent is still in the spot where they feel like their whole world's just crumbled. So, so you have to recognize that they're not they don't they don't come to the process with the same privileges as you do. Uh, sometimes people say, well, why can't they just, you know, put on the big boy pants or the big girl Absolutely, pants and just move yeah. forward? And They're I say, just delaying yeah, this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's from the place of privilege that you stand when you can say that because you can see a vision going forward. So part of my work is helping people identify how do we slow this down so that we can speed it up? How do we take time to acknowledge where people are at so that we can help them move forward in a better way? So the, you may have just answered the, the question I'm about to ask you. How, as a parenting coordinator, how do you get people to focus on the children when they're so wound up themselves or and one party is as opposed to the other, like you just said in your example there? How do you get them to think, no, I have to, I, I have to focus on, on, on my kids and, and what's best for them, despite the fact that I may really dislike that other parent. Um, that's a challenge, isn't it, for you? It is, uh, but I have to say, I, I have yet to meet a parent that didn't want to do well by their kids. Uh, so even when parents are in the most pain, they do want to figure out how do I move this forward and how do I take care of the children because they're the innocent victims in the right. process. And so being able to remind people about that, taking the time to hear their story, but helping them shift back into the parenting brain to say, okay, how do we how do we do this well so that your kids will look back on their life and, and celebrate childhood? Absolutely. But again, the challenge is this. What if you have somebody come in who you know has a psychiatric illness or a personality disorder or something how do you deal with that are you can you are you able to diagnose that stuff or do they have to go to another professional to to have that sorted out and i know courts sometimes order psychological assessments on parents and that kind of thing and nothing ever seems to come of of that that kind of thing it seems to complicate things and almost drive conflict up I know I've asked you sort of a lot of questions there. Can you take that? Yeah, we we often make referrals okay. for people when we see the significant mental health issues because we don't diagnose, but we know that uh, if there are mental health issues at play, it can be really uh, impactful on the process. Uh, but there are times too where I will say to people, parenting coordination is not for your family. You need someone to make decisions for you. And that's where I can work really closely with an arbitrator because I can give the arbitrator all of the content of the issue, what we have worked on, what we've come to, and then allow the family to go to the arbitrator to get a final decision made. But how do you determine whether you think, whether you think somebody's got a mental illness and you want to refer them out, or they're just wound up uh, because (laughs) of the circumstances? Is there a way to determine that in your mind? 
Yeah, looking at patterns. So okay. we all go through um, all of our all of our feelings, all of our emotions, our personality. It's all on a continuum. So there's times where in a situation it makes a lot of sense that someone is really depressed. Uh, but if it's not linked to a situation, if it's not that you can see it escalate but then come back, uh, the rigidity on some issues but then you can see a shift being made, that shows me that this may be a deeper issue. What I think for people is um, part of what needs to happen in terms of expectation is people somehow need to separate uh, issues that maybe led to the separation as a, and realize the impact it has on the kids with conflict. And I'll tell you what I mean. If you have uh, people that they've separated because the other spouse had an affair, and we did a podcast on this a long time ago, I think that a lot of times it's important, but it's not relevant, right? In terms of you need to be able to focus on how you're going to move your kids forward and not that you're just really angry with the other parent and you're letting that bleed over into every decision that you make. Right. And I think that's, if I've got that right, I think that's where your skill set comes in too. Right. It's not really a legal issue, um, but it, it hugely impacts the ability to move it forward. You're absolutely right. And uh, someone's capacity to, to move forward or to have the ability to, um, we, we call it the window of tolerance, have the ability to navigate the stressors they're in in a, in a really good and productive way is going to be impacted by all the things that you just said. And so taking time to acknowledge that it's there, helping people process uh, that gives them the ability to make the shift to their children and focus on the go forward. Uh, it can take time, but certainly you're not going to achieve it by simply saying to someone, this is what you need to do, or this is where you need to be. Uh, you have to go into that emotional place, uh, help them feel heard, and then that allows them to move forward and think more from a problem-solving perspective. It's really fascinating because I was at a, a seminar that you were presenting at, and it really stuck with me that you can get people in a situation where, like Jamie said, they're so wound up or they're so angry or whatever. They're The part of their brain that's going to let them have a rational discussion or a productive discussion may simply close. It just may simply not be available to them, right? That's such a good point. We, we problem solve and we do great uh, future thinking and, um, and we have our logical skills in the left side of our brain. Uh, but what is typically activated in my meetings is the right yeah. side of their brain, all the emotions. And you can't go to the left side of the brain where nobody's home anymore uh, and yeah. start to problem solve. You have to meet them where their brain is lit up, which is in the right side of their brain. And that's often where I find the most success for people. And people will say, okay, I feel heard. They can make the mental shift and you watch them solve the problem. And I often tell people, uh, these solutions, I, I don't really... Uh, I'm not going to be better than them coming up with solutions. Uh, the solutions are found in the people. It's the emotional place that they need the support in so they can get there. But it's really cool watching that, right? It's really cool watching somebody walk through that and realize, I mean, you can't just say to somebody, okay, get over it. I mean, that's got that's behind, just let's move on and settle it. Um, and I think sometimes that's the approach, even with lawyers, right? It just isn't going to work for you to do it that way. And that is there a time frame generally uh, that you work with people like in terms of expectations, is it a two months, three months, five months, six months? Is there any kind of an average or is it just depends on 
the individual circumstances? I think that it often depends on how long they've been without a mental health professional <laughs> or ah, a parenting coordinator. Right. Because when you have patterns that you've been entrenched in for years, uh, it's going to take longer. When people come to me right at the beginning of the process, and I often will do that, I'll help them develop their parenting plan, and then I stay in the background uh, for them. I find typically in that first year, they reach out for a lot of support. You know, here's a situation that just came up. How do we deal with it? And I say, okay, let's go back to the parenting plan. Let's learn how do we apply this plan to this situation. Yeah. Then they do really well, and they don't typically need a lot of ongoing support, especially after that first six months to a year. Uh, and and so I'll stay in the background. They can reach out any time. Uh, but if you've had a family that has been years steeped in the system, uh, not getting anywhere, oftentimes it takes a little longer to undo these patterns. Well, I'll tell you, uh, we've learned a lot. Tracy, have you got anything else for Annette before we let her go? No, I just think people need to know it's a very different service and than being a lawyer is. So you really do need to check it out. It's not just going to ring up your bill because you got to hire one more pro. It is a very different skill set that in the end is going to get you to a resolution faster than um, if you don't. Last word to you, Annette. I just want to really encourage people. There is hope and there is a way forward. Um, and putting the right team in place is often uh, the most essential, critical part of that. And so reach out. Reach out if you need support. We're here to help. Okay. How do people reach you? You can reach me at uh, bypeacefulwaters.ca. That's our website. Or my email, Annette at bypeacefulwaters.ca. Annette Cachaluba, really great to have you here again. Thanks so much. And we'll have you back again uh, down the road. Appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right. And Tracy, this is the part in the program <laughs> where we have to do all the lawyery stuff. And this is the part where I get to impersonate a lawyer on, on, on our program because I get to read the disclaimer this week. You and I. Oh, OK, I'm taking notes here. I'm you, taking okay. notes of how you do. All right. Let me see if I can sound all lawyery here. Um, <laughs> here we go. Here's our disclaimer. The Divorce Solutions Podcast is only a discussion of legal, therapeutic, financial, and communication issues that can arise in the context of family separation. This podcast is not intended to give you any advice on your personal situation. Every situation is different. You should consult your own lawyer for legal advice on your particular case. We hope our discussions will make our listeners take a close look at the process options available to them. Nothing discussed on the podcast constitutes individual professional advice specific to the listener's personal circumstances, whether legal, therapeutic, financial, or otherwise. As we stress every show, you need to get your legal advice from your own lawyer, your accounting advice from an accountant, and therapy from, strangely enough, a therapist. <laughs> uh, always seek and consult specific advice from a professional of your choosing. And of course, we always hope that you can resolve the issues in your situation in a cost-effective, ex expeditious way that will benefit your family. We trust this is satisfactory and we remain. Oh, yours there's truly. a legal term. There you go. <laughs> The only better one is govern yourself accordingly. Oh, the threat yes. at the yeah. that old <laughs> chestnut. Yeah. Um, yeah, Tracy, how do people get a hold of you? Um, it's Miller Law and Mediation. You can <clears throat> find me on the net or Google. And if you want to send me an email, it's Tracy at Miller-Law.ca. All right. Take care of that throat of yours, will you? Come yeah, on. I know, yeah, right? We'll pull it together. Get some Luden's cough drops or something. <laughs> I'll see you in line because I'll be right behind you doing the same thing. Tracy, thanks a lot for this. As always, appreciate it. Yeah. Talk to you next time. Thanks, right. Annette. Take care. Take care. Take care.